Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Believe in Bears. My name is Joy Christopoulos and my co-host, Corey Wooten. We got a great episode coming up for you today, previewing Bears, Falcons, and Week 11. But first, we got to talk about our great sponsor. It's BetOnline.ag with us every single week because it remains the number one source for all your football betting needs this season. They got the latest odds, matchup info, players, news, and game trends. You can check them out right now and see live betting, free contests, live scores, giveaways. You name it, they got it right there. So what are you waiting for? Head to the website right now, BetOnline.ag, and join. You'll receive a 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit only when you use promo code BLEAV. You will not get that discount anywhere else, and it is 100% to receive that reward. Bet online where the game starts. Let's jump right into it. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for coming into the podcast. Thank you so much for listening and watching us on YouTube right now. Comment and question below. Thank you for tuning in on TuneIn, SiriusXM, Apple Podcasts. We're everywhere right now. Thank you so much for tuning in. We got a great episode today. Let's bring in my co-host, former Bears defensive end, CHGO's very own, Fox 32's very own, Corey Wooten. What's up, Corey? Man, what's going on, my man? Another week in the NFL. Um, yeah, I mean, anytime football is around and we can watch it, uh, we can view it. Justin Fields is looking good. Um, hey, I'm, I'm, that's all I'm happy about at this point, right? This is this is the Justin Fields season, right? At this point, right now, so he's he's progressing how how we needed to, right? The next step, though, Joey is is working on that long passing game, right? Taking some shots, giving giving him thirty plus attempts in a game, right? That's that's kind of the next step, right? And that's what I want to see the rest of the season. Corey, that's a perfect tease because we're going to get to that a little bit later in Corey's keys to a Bears win because I got some stats. This might be that matchup, Corey, where we might see a little bit of that action. But first, let's roll the tape back a little bit. Um, as you mentioned, it's been a little bit of rinse and repeat for the better or for worse over the last month or so with the Chicago Bears. Uh, Justin Fields looks amazing. He's literally on national TV with People like Dan Orlovsky saying, is he an MVP candidate? I can't even believe I'm saying that. Chicago Bears, MVP candidate, quarterback, all in the same sentence, but it's happening. But again, on the other side, Corey, uh, rinse and repeat. Um, you know, the defense, um, it, it's not getting any better. It is struggling right now. Yeah. We are we're struggling to find bright spots on this defense right now. Just go back to that Bears 31-30 to loss against the Lions. Yeah. Uh, you know, what did you see? What did you, what did you like? What did you didn't like? And I'm guessing didn't like was probably on the defensive side. So what I didn't like is the lack of pressure, right? Um, and and the thing people fail to realize sometimes is is when you don't have a dominant pass rush or a pass rush that can generate really any type of pressure, it changes the way the back half covers, right? They have to be a little off uh, on their coverage, right? Because they, they don't know how long that quarterback is going to have and you can't cover all day. So that's why we're seeing a common theme uh, is a lot of teams are, are attacking, you know, that that eight to 12 yard window. Right. Those 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 shorter intermediate throws and really trying to take advantage of our softer coverage. Right. Because of our lack of pass rush. So that's really been evident. And, and Jared Goff is a guy, in my opinion, we've seen it the past couple of years, especially when he was on the Rams. You know, when they had Todd Gurley, when they came when Akeem Hicks and Khalil Mack and Vic Fangio over there, he really struggled against them. Like, I think he had like 60 yards passing when we pressured him. So this was a, this was a game where I'm like, oh, if we can generate pressure, I know he's going to fold. But. Ultimately, we couldn't. So we made him look look really well and look very comfortable back there. And Corey, uh, you know, I don't want to step on. I retweeted it. You were on CHGO earlier this week. You were breaking down tape, and I had to retweet it, man. And and anyone go follow me at Joey Sports Guy. Follow Corey. Whatever it is to check it out, because dude, um, you know, you were really illustrating 
something that I think the casual fan just doesn't quite understand. And I, I hear it a lot from Bears fans, so help me out here. The Bears fan says that the secondary sucks. I'm trying to explain to them that it really starts all up front. And, Corey, you were pointing it out. Go a little bit deeper. I mean, pre-snap, pre-snap setup. Um, You know, guys getting beat off of their gap discipline and their keys, like, after Mm -hmm. 2.2 seconds after the snap. Just talk a little bit about that and how just the execution factor just isn't even giving them a chance or the secondary a big chance to succeed right now. Yeah, discipline has, has been the main thing this year. And, and that play I was pointing out that you're talking about that you could you could see on Twitter. Um, if you follow myself or Joey, Joey retweeted it. Um, and it's a play. It's a it's a simple counter play that the Lions have been running all season. Right. You should have known by uh, by by what formation they are. They are running that right. They had a tight end an H back off. They uh, they pulled two guards, um, you know, counter action by the running back. And so first and foremost, Dominique Robinson, he's a young guy, right? But he was in a two-point stance when he is a defensive end. We don't run a 3-4, so I was kind of confused by that, right? He's the point of attack there. He's standing up at a two-point stance, doesn't get off the football, catches his block, and then all of a sudden the tight, the two tight ends double him and, and create that corner, right? And then all of a sudden we're, we're outflanked, right? But the thing is, he has to set the edge, right? He's got to put his hand in the dirt, and he's got to drive that tight end back. Because if he drives him back, there's two pulling guards. And you know what that does? That knocks off a polar, right? And then all of a sudden, if he if he gets in the backfield, he knocks off that polar. Then all of a sudden, we have Kyler Gordon off the edge. We have Jaquan Brisker. And then we have Morrow, who should be filling over the top. As soon as the guard pulled, Morrow, Morrow ran downhill, which I don't understand. Your keys tell you. As soon as that guard pulls, you run with him. So I didn't understand that. So we talked about discipline. Um, that, that's something that's been prevalent. So did, didn't get penetration, knock off any pullers at the point of attack, Dominique Robinson, right? I'm giving him a little excuse because he's a young guy. But still, that's that's nobody taught him that. Nobody's been in a two-point stance all year. So that's first <laughs> and foremost. Nicholas Morrow doesn't go over the top at all following the, the guard. And essentially, if everything plays out how we we should have three guys on the running back, right? And that play's knocked out for a tackle for loss, or at the worst, an even game. So that's that's something that's been plaguing the Bears all year long. And hey, I understand it comes down to talent, but I told you that playing the run, that's that's just want to, right? It's just getting off the football. And you know, the pass rush, hey, it is what it is, but we have to play the run because this week it could get ugly against Atlanta, who loves to run the football. Yeah, and the reason why I wanted you to bring it on to Believe in Bears here, I just find it to be so instructive, right? Because maybe you're listening to this right now and you're saying, ah, oh, Corey and Joey, it's just one play, right? Well, am I wrong? They scored. That's the DeAndre Swift touchdown play, correct? Exactly. Yes, that's, yeah, that's exactly. the touchdown so, play, right? So, so let's get it right here. It goes to 24 to 17. The ball, Bears get the ball back, pick six. All of a sudden, it's a tie game. So, you know what? You know, it just is a, it's that microcosm that you illustrated so perfectly because you know the game so well that shows why the Bears aren't in a position to succeed this season as a defense with the players that are currently constructed on the roster right now. And that's why you're seeing how do they blow the 24 to 10 lead? Well, it gets down to the nuts and bolts and the X's and O's that Corey's bringing to you right now. Uh, Corey, though, I do want to ask you, he's sweeping Chicagoland, the greater Chicagoland area. Jack Sanborn, unite yeah. everyone. Yep. Um, okay, all right. Um, I'm just gonna say it. Uh, undrafted white linebacker from the Midwest gets the start. 
Um, I saw him make some some flashy. Uh, he made a couple splash plays. Probably would have had the game winning interception if it wasn't for a penalty that got called back. Yep. Uh, looked like he was around the football, Corey. I mean, let's just cut through the narrative of the excitement right now. How do you think Jack Sanborn played? And um, I know it's only one game, but does he fit the scheme? Give us a little scouting report and what, what you like about him. Yeah, I think he definitely fits the scheme. And, and uh, you know, Adam Hogue, who, who I do CHO with, he had, he had been uh, praising him, you know, when they when they got him in the offseason as undrafted free agent. Like, this guy can play. And I see why, right? I watched him in college. But sometimes you just don't know how that's going to transition. You know, I know they kind of question his speed potentially because of, you know, what, what he ran at the pro day or combine. But, he, I mean, he was flying all over the place, like sideline to sideline running running backs down like it was it was unbelievable to see. he had 12 tackles two sacks and should have had the pick but they called that phantom hands to the face i don't know if you see it i watched it like three times he hit him in the neck he hit him in the neck and and same yeah, brown looked like he got flopped. shot yeah it was it unbelievable and, and that was that call because the play before uh jalen johnson this this, this this is this is saint brown baited him right the, the play before right they're getting into it they're pushing each other and Jalen Jalen Johnson's the last push, right? And then and all of a sudden he gets a flag. So he's mad. He's irritated. So what does he try to do? He tries to hem up St. Brown the next play. And it was a clean play. I mean, hit him in the neck, right? There's, there's no call on hitting somebody in the neck. But the ref saw it. He flopped. He pulled the Dennis Rodman classic. What Dennis Rodman used to do to Carl Malone, trip him down the field, you know? And then all of a sudden he pushed back. The ref saw you, right? They always see the second guy. So... That was a phantom call, and that's that was arguably one of the biggest plays in the game, right? Uh, Momentum-changing play, uh, pick in the red zone, uh, you know, but it was incredible to see Jack Sanborn. Um, I, I think he could be a guy that could play in this league, um, and I, I think, you know, especially if he, if he finishes the rest of the season playing at this level, you got to look at him as, as having one of the linebacker spots or competing next year for, for a starting spot. With, with how, you know, it's one game, right? So let's let's just pump the brakes. But it's great to see him flying around. And, uh, you know, he played at a high level at Wisconsin, um, you know, played played a lot of football there. They talked about his leadership. So it was incredible to see, you know, I mean, he looked fast, Joey. Like, I mean, and, he had and game Corey, speed, right? And that's what matters in this league. And, Corey, go back to it, though. He looked assignment sound, though, right? I mean, there was a couple of moments where I think he got a little bit too deep on his depth, like on a couple of plays. But for the yeah. most part, for a guy who was undrafted getting his first start, he looked like he at least knew what he was doing out there that put him in a position to use that speed. And, Corey, like you're mentioning, man, all we're looking for on this defense right now are pieces. I don't even care about stars. Just tell me, even if he's a depth piece, we, we need these guys yeah. moving forward. Exactly. It's critical, right? Like we just, we just got taco Charlton, right? A former first round pick from, from Michigan. And I'm, I'm all for that, right? Like uh, Rod Marinelli who coached me, he was always about guys that were first round picks that were regarded high, giving them a second chance, right? But wasn't he, he gave, with, wasn't he in Dallas with Rod? Was, Isn't that the was. thing? He, yeah, yep, yeah. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, so yeah, it brings me back to, to Rod Marinelli who, who coached me. He, he always was about giving former first round picks to guys regarded highly a second chance, right? Mm. Because at this point, especially with the way the season is, it's like, this is an evaluation. And and who knows, you know, Taco Charlton, he's kind of struggled, been up and down. But they picked him in the first round for a reason. He had talent, right? And, and you know, sometimes it's about developing that talent. And sometimes it's about getting that last chance to really thrive. And I, I look at example like Rob Ninkovich, right? Who played for the Patriots. 
early on, he got drafted, you know, in the fifth round, I believe, to the Miami Dolphins, right? And was kind of got cut, bounced around a little bit, and then found his home with the Patriots. And he was arguably, you know, one of their top defensive players for a string of eight years, right? He's in their ring of honor, um, leader, uh, veteran, captain. Um, so examples like that, we see guys that, that you know, are one man's trash can be another man's treasure. So yeah. I, I'm all for that, right? I, I kind of wish we would have got Jer Jerry Tillery, the, the talented defensive tackle that got cut from the Chargers, right? 6'6 six, six guy, 295, uh, really flashed a lot of quickness. And we didn't even put a waiver in for him, which I didn't understand. He was a former first-round pick. Um, Khalil Mack even talked about how talented he was um, over there. I just think they didn't see eye-to-eye -eye with, with the position coach. But that's that's the thing where Matt Eberflus, right, he's familiar with tall, big defensive tackles. DeForest Buckner, right, is arguably one of the best in the league. So why not take a chance on a former first-rounder that has really flashed his quickness? He has the quickness. Tampa 2 scheme, what is it all about? The quickness. I would have liked for them to put in a waiver and try to claim him because, yeah, he's flashed some really good things that, like, you're like, hey, if we could – we can get him going in the right system and the right coaching. Um, I would have liked them to take a take a chance and try to, you know, put a waiver out for him. You know, why not? Yeah, yeah, I, I'm with you on that. And look, they got to do something. And you know, you mentioned that. I was actually thinking about this a couple of days ago. I was like, you know what? The Indianapolis Colts aren't really going anywhere. I wonder if DeForest Buckner might be on the market in the offseason. Oh, and that's, I, I mean, Eberflus. I mean, what do you uh, real quick? I don't mean to get too sidetracked. We got to get to Corey's keys, but if, if Forrest Buckner's on the on the market, what do you think it would take? I mean, it would take third round, fourth round, or do you think it'd be higher to get a DeForest Buckner onto the Chicago Bears? Probably be probably be a second rounder, third round, yeah. or somewhere on our, there. Our fifty, our fifty second, yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I just don't, Raiders, I yeah. just don't think they're letting him go. Like that's that's a position, especially inside inside a D tackle. It's a position where you don't see a huge drop off like you do with defensive end, right? Because defensive end is a little more about speed, right? How fast you're getting off the ball. And there's guys like look at Richard Seymour. He played for a really long time. There's a there's a lot of defensive tackles that that play for a long time at a high level. Warren Sapp did as well, because you're you're closer. You're not having to get off and and run such a far distance as the defensive end. So it's different points of contact. So I'm all for paying a defensive tackle top dollar and and keeping him on a longer deal because I think he can play a lot longer at a higher level because. The, the speed is not really an, it's more about the quickness. And I think, you know, the, those guys continue to keep their quickness to, throughout most of their career. And uh, you look, I, I, I completely agree with you. I don't understand why they would do it either, but it's someone that Matt Eberflus I'm sure would covet in the off season. Uh, the bears are yeah. going in one direction in the off season. The Colts are definitely going to be going in a different one. And you do see it guys that get after the quarterback. I mean, I know not same position exactly, but the Vaughn Millers, yeah. the Chandler Jones, Richard Seymour himself exactly. got traded at one point. You know, with teams in transition, it'll be interesting uh, to maybe see or keep an eye on maybe in the offseason about how they get that pass rusher. Uh, Corey, uh, it's time. We got a football game coming up this week against the Atlanta Falcons in Week 11. Um, Chicago Bears fans, have you not watched a lot of the Atlanta Falcons? Outside of the quarterback, these teams are very similar. <laughs> um, we got a couple. We got a, we got two schizophrenic teams here um, that do a lot of the same things. I crunched a, a lot of numbers and stuff, and Chicago Bears and the Atlanta Falcons, they're kind of right there neck and neck in a lot of different ways. So, Corey, um, the Bears have lost six of their last seven. They've gone from 2-1-1 and one to 3-7. and seven. Uh, mm -hmm. We've taken a beating on some of our picks recently, too, as well. So yeah. this is the week, Corey. Give us those keys. What is yeah. Corey's key to a Bears win against the Falcons in Week 11? 
So defensively, we have to stop the run. That's one of my keys every week. But you look at what Atlanta does really well with Mariota, uh, Algier. They're they're trying to get that running game. Cordell Patterson as well. I mean, he's he's been an absolute beast in there. I don't know if you saw that one clip where he absolutely trucked that uh, linebacker uh, to go in the red zone for a touchdown. It was it was unbelievable to see. So they're really going to try to run the football. Passing has, has kind of been their weaker point uh, offensively. So. I don't think they they believe that Marcus Mariota can really stretch the field. So defensively, we have to have our best game, right? It all starts about point of contact. We can't have uh, plays like that, like that touchdown where Dominic Roberts is standing up catching blocks, yeah. where we're not reading our keys, we're not being disciplined because that's something that's plagued us all year. So this is a game I'm really worried about because you know playing on a fast surface, you know, like Atlanta's turf. And the way they run the football and, and our weakness kind of being that rush defense, it's, it's definitely very concerning for me. So they, they must stop the run. It's non-negotiable this week. I mean, the thing about it, though, is it's a matchup that allows them to really focus in on it. And let's just see if they can do it right. I, because I, I'm right there with you. You look at it, Mariota's averaging only 174 passing yards a game. You know, when you talk about the Chicago Bears in the passing game, which we'll get to in a second, pass completions per game. The Chicago Bears last in the NFL at 12.3 pass completions per game. Well, the Atlanta Falcons, 30th in the NFL at only 14.3 pass com uh, completions per game. You know, you nailed it. They're a top five running offense. So that's going to be really difficult. But again, these Chicago Bears, if they play right, they can just key in on the Cordero Pattersons, the Tyler Algiers, and really dare Marcus Mariota to, you know what I mean, to, to, make, to make it happen and make, uh, you know, make a victory against the Chicago Bears through the air. Um, I'm just trying to look at some a couple other stats here. Yeah, I mean, the Bears still not good at stopping the run. They're 28th in the NFL. The Atlanta Falcons are fourth in the NFL right now, averaging rushing right now. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I'm with you, man. It's going to be a huge key of the game. Um, I'm going to pop a key, maybe tee up for you, because I know this is probably one of your keys, too, as well. Um, I, I put this on Twitter, too, as well. We're talking a lot about Twitter in this episode. Uh, but I put it on Twitter that the Chicago Bears right now are averaging the Chicago Bears rushing yards a game, O-meter. Is a 201.7. Corey, 201 rushing yards as a team per game right now. They're already over 2,000 rushing yards as a team. They are basically on pace right now. If they average 184.7 rushing yards a game over their last seven, yeah. they have a chance to break the all time team rushing record set by Lamar Jackson. Baltimore. Ravens yeah. In yeah. 2019 with 3,296. All right. It's going great right now. Justin Fields averaging 111 rushing yards a game over his last five. All good stuff, but Corey, I know you agree with me on this one. This is a great game. I've talked about it before. Luke Getze, throw them off the scent. I'm not saying go cra crazy and go total pass happy, but I think this is a great opportunity for the Chicago Bears to open up the passing game a little bit and, and see if we can stretch that, uh, that defense of the Falcons to maybe open up the running game instead of vice versa in the past. Are you with me on this? They, I think this I'm is the week. You. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. That that's that's my second key, right? It is is to work on that that passing game, that long passing game, right? The short and intermediate throws have been there, right? But the next step is working on those 20 plus yard completions, right? That's what I really want to see, especially with the wide receivers, right? I love what he's been able to do with Cole Komet, but now I want to see Claypool, right? I want to see him take shots to Claypool, to Darnell Mooney, right? I would have loved for, for Harry to be out there, right? He was a scratch last week, healthy scratch, which I was surprised with. Because um, Byron Pringle, we got to get Byron Pringle some run right now. What's up? What, what's going on I, there? I, I, mean, I, don't, I don't know. Let's stay big. Let's block and let's try and yes, catch the ball down the field. I, 
I mean, Harry is, is a guy, in my opinion, um, he looked good in the Cowboys game. He had a good touchdown where he ran a great route, used his big body. And then all of a sudden, you know, if, if you start developing him, you have potentially him and Claypool for next year, right? And then you have Darnell Mooney as well. And then you have an option to potentially draft a guy, um, you know, in the first round next Please. year as a wide yeah. receiver. So my thing is like this. I, I don't know Byron Pringle. I didn't see much from him in the preseason. You know, he's banged up and – I just didn't see enough from him. I, I want to see Harry. Like, you know, he was he was picked in the first round for a reason. He has all the tools. It's about him honing those in. So I, I want to see that. But Justin Fields, I just want to see him take the next step because literally we have nothing to lose at this point, right? Like I said, we're not making a playoff run. We're not trying to make the playoffs. This is about Justin Fields' development, Joey, and what he can do as, as a runner, um, a scrambling, uh, the short and intermediate throws, the boots, the play actions, roll – what he can do as a playmaker is unbelievable, but the next step is really honing on that passing game. And I think starting from this week, Luke Getzey, you got you, you got you to have Justin Fields be a gun, gunslinger out there, right? You got you got to have him take some shots, right? Only where his guy can get it. And listen, you're, you're never going to be able to to achieve, you know, Justin Fields' greatness as a passer if we're not constantly testing his limits, right? Within reason, right? Let's take some yeah, shots. Yeah. Let's open things up. And then all of a sudden, you're mixing and matching. He's running. He's completing the ball downfield. And then what What do you have? Because he has all the tools to be a talented passer. It's just about Luke Getze. This is critical for his job right now to bring out the best passer at Justin Fields. We, we know what he can do as a playmaker, right? With his feet, with everything. Uh, but now it's elevating his game. Because, Joey, I, I told you this. I don't think he's even scratched the surface of what he can be, right? And if, and if you throw in that passing game, I'm talking about really completing and getting him comfortable with, with the ins and outs of the breaks and being on the same page with the receivers and completing that deep ball, he will be a top five quarterback in this league. I'm not – people can say whatever they want. Justin Fields will be one of the greats because everyone's saying, well, this is not sustainable. This As you develop his game as a passer, then all of a sudden when stuff breaks down, you're like, oh, my goodness, this <laughs> – <laughs> this, this is going to be fun to watch. You know, think about a quarterback that can rush for 145 yards a game and throw for almost 300. That's what Justin Fields can do. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I like I said, I, he hasn't even scratched the surface. So I'm excited. So Luke Getzey, I want to see what you're going to do as a play caller. You're a genius. Darnell Mooney and all these people have, have called you a genius. I want to see. I love what you've done for the game plan, right? But that game plan is good if we're trying to make the playoffs. But right now, this is about his development. So let's take some shots, right? Let's take shots. Uh, I'm completely there with you right now. And you know what else people say? That magic isn't sustainable. Okay? So, you know what? Uh, Justin Fields is make, making magic out there. So that's a, uh, it's an easy thing to say that, oh, well, we just can't keep doing it forever. It's like, yeah, no kidding. Uh, we understand that. But, you know, let's just appreciate the magic while we have it. You know, Corey, man, you're completely right, dude, because I was thinking about this, too. We're at 3 and 7 right now. I think this is the perfect uh, touch the stove, burn your hand, touch the stove again kind of game. And here's what I mean by that is that, you know, what I think if Justin Fields goes out there and throws for three touchdowns and two interceptions or two or three interceptions, I'm kind of into it, all right? I think we should try and push the envelope. Let's test this here. And I got some numbers to back it up based on this matchup. This is so perfect for it. 
the Atlanta Falcons this year. They're giving up an NFL worst 280 passing yards a game right now. They've allowed at least six different quarterbacks that throw for over 290 against them. Wide receivers right now. They're giving up the most fantasy points to wide receivers. I got six different wide receivers with 100-plus receiving yards this year. Darnell Mooney, 10 of them have gone for at least 80. Darnell Mooney. I mean, you keep going down this list right now. Second to worst in the NFL, allowing a 68.6 completion percentage to opponents right now. I mean, this is easy pickings right now. This is a great opportunity, in my opinion. As you said, Justin Fields on that turf in Atlanta. Let's make it a little bit of a track meet, right? And I just think I think the passing game is going to serve whatever version of the running game looks like this week. Uh, you know, we're not going to have Khalil Herbert. It's going to be a lot of David Montgomery out there. You know, I'm 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 saying use Tristan Ebner sparingly. No offense to the rookie, but they should just lean on David Montgomery. And dude, I just think this is the opportunity right here to really test it out. And as you mentioned, we're not going anywhere, man. So let's I don't know, let's let Justin just, you know, work through some tight windows, throw the ball up. Let's see what happens. I'm cool if he throws a couple of picks in this game. Yeah. Um, because yeah. I think it's gonna be instructive for the greater you know, the greater arc of his maturation. Yep. No, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And then you know, the, the last key I have is is I, I want to get Bayless Jones involved, right? You you drafted him in the third round. Let's let's see how we can use him, right? You know he's gonna be on this team for another two, three, you know, you know, more years. Why not? Why not see what he can do? He's explosive, but at this point, right, we're not playing for really anything, right? We're just playing about development of players. So why not try him out at running back? Maybe we could have a quarter. There you go. There you right? go. Maybe that's, he gets the ball in the back. You, you know, that's what we, you do. He's the playmaker over there, right? Take another shot. If he drops it, so what? Right? As long as the throw's good, you're like, oh, I feel good about that. This is about development. At this point, we're not trying to win games. Put him back there as part returner. Give him a shot, right? Yeah. At this point, you know, like he he could be dangerous in the return game, right? And I know he's dropped the ball and he's fumbled, but at this point, what what hasn't we, dropped what, a handoff yet? Hasn't dropped yeah, a handoff. Exactly. <laughs> but but you got you gotta develop him because you drafted him third round for a reason because of his explosive plays, right? And Cordell Patterson was kind of the same way. Like he was an explosive player, but they really couldn't find that niche for him. Right. And then when he went to the Patriots, that's when stuff started to open up for him, you know, where, when they really used him in the backfield and they're like, man, this guy can run he can catch the ball in the backfield. He's strong. He's elusive. He return game. And I think Velas Jones could potentially be somebody like that. So, so why not give him, some burn why not give him some options right because he's going to be here for the next couple of years and this is about development that's it you're looking for the guys that are going to be here for the next few years especially next year to develop them i love that call i mean you got to try and squeeze what you can out of you know whatever the lemon that you picked from the tree right now and let's be honest you know valus jones they don't trust him in the punt return but i'm with you throw him back out there right the only way you're learning is to start catching some balls in game action right now. You can't shy away from that. Dante Pettis is not the future right now. Byron Pringle is not the future right now. So we're saying uh, here on Believe in Bears, Bayless Jones and Nikhil Harry, put him in there. Let's see yeah. what they got. And Bayless Jones in the backfield. I'm I'm intrigued by that. I really am. And Especially I, with I, Herbert being out, right? Like, like you yeah, need a home run look, hitter, and, and David Montgomery is not there. Yeah, and look, it's just not – you know, Ebner, Ebner is a nice player, and I, hopefully he can become a special teams contributor in the years to come. I just do – I just think when we he's on the field right now, our offense is too predictable, and we don't have the luxury to be so predictable with him 
in that backfield at this particular time right now. Corey, what's your final key to maybe a Bears uh, victory against the Falcons in Week 11? Uh, so, so, so my biggest thing is is turnovers defensively, right? We we have to get the turnovers, get the ball out, yeah. right? Their, their thing is going to be to run the football. So let's get the ball out. Let's punch it out. Let's strip it out. Let's let's take advantage of some of these turnovers, right? If we're going to have a chance to win this game, it's going to be a very time of possession game. I, I truly believe that whoever controls the time possession will win this game. Um, so it's going to be critical to, to to get some turnovers and and really be able to negate that time of possession. Corey, I'm, I'm right there with you. And I think maybe heading into the season, I think Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus maybe looked at this defense and said, hey, we might not be the most talented, but if we can scheme up and if we can coach up opportunities for turnovers, maybe it balances itself out. And we saw some of that a little bit earlier in the season, but I think we've gone the last two or three weeks outside of what an Eddie Jackson interception. I mean, no sacks, you know, no fumbles, not even, you know, not even fumbles on the ground, no interceptions, obviously outside of the Sanborn one that was called back. So, you know, that's also a big other reason why the Chicago Bears are struggling so mightily defensively right now is they can't even get those turnovers right now. Um, Corey, it's time, man. Um, final score prediction for week 11. This Ooh. season has not been kind to us. It's been yeah. wildly entertaining. Um, but uh, I'll give you I'll give you pick, man. What do you want to do? Do you want to go first on this one? Or do you want me? To go yeah, first I'll, Bears, I'll go first. I'll go yeah. first. Uh, you know, I'm going to say Bears 24, Falcons 28. Uh, I think ultimately it comes down to the running game and, and our defense not really being able to stop anybody. So yeah. uh, look at what they do well, what we don't do well. Um, we struggle in every aspect when it comes to the front seven. And I think they're going to try to really exploit those outside zone runs, something that we struggled. That, that touchdown, um, you know, to uh, was it Swift or Williams that, on that play? That was Swift. Uh, that, Swift you yeah. didn't get a lot. Okay. It was Williams the whole game, and then Swift got exactly. to 12 yards. Exactly. So, so plays like that, um, you know, it's just been glaring all year. So I think ultimately, like, Justin Fields is going to continue to play well. I think he's going to run the ball well. I think they're going to improve on the passing game. But I ultimately think that Atlanta is going to control that time o'clock. They're really going to grind us down uh, with the running game, and, and we're just going to fall short. Um, so, yeah, defense, it's been slim pickings all year. Um but as long as Justin Fields develops, which I think he'll continue to do, and I think Luke Getze knows that he has to get the passing game A1 uh, to get Justin Fields ready for next season when we truly have weapons, we have a great offensive line, and then we have a defense that can generate pressure and cover. Corey, I got to tell you, on that prediction, um, I, think you, I think you're right on that for sure. But this is one of the rare weeks, Corey. I'm going uh -oh. the other direction. That's right, <laughs> my friend. Look, here's my reasoning, right? They've lost six out of their last seven, okay? You're starting to look at this schedule, and I'm not seeing too many more wins left, all right? Are you really telling me we're going to go, what, one for 12 over the last uh, stretch of the season right here? And here I think we're going to have a couple, a, little bit, a couple of narrative breakers in this game. I'm going 27-24 Bears win. The reason why I'm doing that is, look, Everyone's going crazy about Justin Fields, but the naysayers are saying, look at the fourth quarter numbers right now. I just think at some point, Corey, he's playing so well, and our offense is really rolling right now, and I'm so proud to see the maturation and evolution of Justin Fields over the last month. I'm, I'm really, truly very giddy about it. And you have to say to yourself, our defense be damned. At some point, Justin deserves one of these. He deserves one of these comeback moments where our defense can't stop a nosebleed, but he keeps coming, he keeps scoring. And over the last two or three weeks, we've either been a possession short or uh, an execution uh, issue or some, some something's prevented us from getting it done, right? 
I think this is the week, man. The matchup plays into the favor of Justin Fields with the ball in his hands, delivering the ball with his arm this week to the Bears receivers and Cole Komet, who's on a heater right now. Um, I just think, and here's the other one too as well. I'm going 27-24 because Corey, I went, I went, I went bananas last week. I was like 41 to 38 game. Well, you saw what happened in that game. What was the first half was like 45 minutes? Because yeah. both teams are just running the ball, dude. The clock's yeah. running the whole time. The Bears and Falcons. I, 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 I do think it is going to come down to what do you do with the possessions that you have in this game. I don't think there's going to be a lot of back and forth. I don't think there's going to be a ton of three and outs, to be honest with you. So I think it's going to be about capitalizing with the possessions that you have. And for that reason and that reason alone, I think Justin Fields gets the edge just a little bit. And, dude, come on, man. He deserves one of these, right? He deserves one of these games where he puts his team up in the fourth quarter and he puts them up for good to pick up a W. This is the week moving forward. I don't know how how to feel. Moving forward, you know, we've got the Jets and the Lions on the board. Maybe they can win those games, but, you know, it's going to be tough. And I, I think this is a week that they can pick up a win. Yeah, no, no, I know. I, I just don't trust this defense, Joey, the way they you have shouldn't. been playing. You shouldn't. And, uh, yeah, I, I just think what they do well, they're going to grind it out. And uh, I, yeah. I think our, our saving grace, like I said, if, if one of the keys, if we can get turnovers, I think that, that'll that that'll make your score prediction true. Um, I think it's going to be a tight game, and I, I think – like I said, Justin Fields is going to play well. Uh, I just want to see development in the passing game. That's the biggest thing. We know what he can do as a playmaker with the run game. Um, I want to see that, and I want to see Bayless Jones get some more action, right? That's that's the, that's the, the two biggest things I'm looking forward to because it's all about evaluation, right? Give Taco Charlton some plays and pass rush situations. See what he can do, right? He's still a young guy. I, think, I believe he's 27 or 28 years old. So this could be a second chance, a last chance for him to really prove – what he can do right there's been a couple of guys you know that, that that have bounced back from from you know struggles early on right and really proved themselves so this could be an opportunity um so we got to see that so i'm just looking forward to justin fields progressions and uh just getting him better the season's about him and and obviously it's even though without with the losses it's still been amazing it's feeling watch, good right? yeah it's feeling good it's, it's it's been it's been one of the greatest shows uh that we see every week, right? It's, it's what yeah. is he going to do next, right? It's highlight reel after highlight reel, right? And there's still people that doubt him as a passer. I don't doubt him by any chance. I think it comes down to, to Luke Getzey really continuing to develop his passing game, right? Because mm. I think he can do that. And I think it's about getting Justin Fields ready to hit the ground running with weapons and offensive line and a defense that can, like I said, that can rush and cover and watch out, right? Because right now he's a little handcuffed on the weapons, offensive line, and what the defense can do. But it's been impressive to see just just his determination every week, right? Like, even though we're not in the playoffs, we're not making the playoffs, he's a competitor, right? And that's what you want to see in your quarterback, a leader, a guy that's gritty, that's taking some shots, but gets up, and he's going to fight for you for that extra yard, you know, because, you know, everybody always talks about, hey, who do you want as your quarterback? I want a guy like Justin Fields, right? This, this, this tough as nails, right? When that's important to him, right? To do well, right? He took everything personally early in the season. I'm not performing well. I'm not doing well, okay? Yeah. Take the blame on yourself, right? And always bet on yourself. And that's the type of guy I want going forward, Justin Fields. So he is the guy of the future. He is the Bears quarterback for Shady McCoy and all these guys saying he can't oh my pass God. the ball. <laughs> yeah, you 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 you're you're watching you're watching highlights and you're looking at stats. You're not watching the game, buddy. All right, you know you're over there giving crazy work, as you say, but you ain't doing Dude. crazy work to watch the games. Yeah, yeah. 
Shady McCoy, first of all, uh, never had a quarterback on his team that I ever liked. All right, so yeah. that should give you all you really need to know. Uh, he's also a Pittsburgh East Coast guy. I've heard some stories about him from my wife that I will keep off the podcast. Yeah. But let's just maybe leave it at that. No, Corey, look, the Chicago Bears are losing football games right now, but they are must-watch television, right? I mean, flight JF1 flying at an altitude of 10,000 fantasy points a week giving out complimentary designed runs and magic plays every single week. Yep. I mean, it's worth the price of admission. And as you mentioned, too, as well, uh, Jack Sandberg versus Corderell Patterson center ring. Uh, show it to me. I want to see it. I, yeah. I think that could be an, also an interesting matchup. Corey, before we get you out of here, uh, two over-unders really quick. Yep. I mentioned I mentioned the uh, we're on the rushing team uh, meter watch right now for the Chicago Bears yep. the rest of the season. Over-under 184 rushing yards as a team for the Chicago Bears in Week 11. I say over um, in yeah. this one. I, I think Justin Fields is going to have a really good performance. I think David Montgomery um, is going to have a strong performance these next four weeks, right? Because look who's out, Khalil Herbert, right? And and who is overshadowed? David Montgomery. No, what? Yeah, no one over his shoulder. No one over exactly, his shoulder now. Exactly. So, so, so it's his show right now. And you look at what happened with David Montgomery last year. He gets hurt. Khalil Herbert comes in four, four weeks, falls out. I think he's looking like this. Hey, I'm in a contract year. I want to get paid. I have value here, and I really haven't put up the numbers that is going to get me paid. So th this is this is a huge opportunity for him to really put up some numbers. So I wouldn't be surprised if he really goes off in this game, him and Justin Fields together, because he's really trying to prove that hey, I am a, I am that dude. Hey, I don't have the speed that Khalil Herbert is, but I can grind you out. I can get you 15, 12 yards. I can get the yards per carry. I can catch the ball in the backfield, and I can block. So I think he, this is an audition for him for, for really trying to get paid. Uh, final one for you. Um, eight of the first 10 quarterbacks the Falcons have faced this season have thrown for at least 240 passing yards against them. Over under 239 passing yards for Justin Fields in Week 11. I'm going to say over. Um, Me too. Because Let's I, do it. I, I think I think this week they're really going to try to stretch the ball down the field. Like you said, the Falcons really struggle uh, in their pass defense. So I think Luke Gessie knows, like, right, this is about development at this point, right? We're we're not wins and losses, yes, you know, to to an extent, but ultimately, if 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 we get some losses, uh, it's a better draft pick, right? At that point, so it's where we are. I think I, I think I think the win, the true win this season right this is not not the games out there it's about justin fields right his progression in the passing game so i think they're going to continue to stretch that and who knows maybe by the end of the season he's a guy that can have a 300 yard game which would be huge for his confidence his progress and then we could hit the ground running next season Thank you so much for tuning in to Believe in Bears. For everyone listening out there that is obviously a huge Bears fan and worries about wins and losses every week or, uh, every single week, don't worry. Me and Corey, we feel the exact same way, but we just pray that you just keep an eye on how this team is building towards the future, and we promise you that the future right now looks very bright for the Chicago Bears. This episode is presented by BetOnline.ag. 100% welcome bonus on your first deposit. When you use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, for 100% welcome bonus on your first deposit bet of the week in week 11 Corey, man great to see you uh everyone follow Corey at Corey wooten two o's two t's on twitter um fantastic follow making great content every single week for chgo right here on the believe sports network and fox 32 uh my man good to see you this is our first one in a while where i picked a different score i got bears win you got bears lose let's see let's see Going who comes out directions yeah no I'm, I'm excited for it man it's gonna be another great week of football and, hey, we, we love the feedback from you guys. So, guys listening in, um, 
comment uh you know we, yeah. we, we love we love to hear you know what, what you're thinking any questions we can address them in, in the future pods so make a comment on our, either our twitters or any of the youtube uh you know content as well so we we love that feedback and we want to be more interactive with you guys and kind of answer any kind of questions make it a great experience for uh the the listeners and viewers we will 10,000% do a Q&A if you send us in your comments and your questions. So please make sure you do that. Everyone be well, be safe. Please be good to each other. Thank you so much for checking out this podcast. Thank you so much for watching us on the Believe YouTube channel. Listening to us maybe on TuneIn, SiriusXM, Apple Podcasts, Believe.com, whatever it is. Thank you so much. If you've been listening to this show and our audience is growing, thank you so much for doing that. Just tell one person to check out Believe in Bears moving forward. Uh, that's all that we ask for. And the only the other thing that we'll ever ask for is that you bear down. Let's go, Bears. <laughs> Week 11. Let's go, baby. Flight JF1, take off. Do you believe? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.